0: Yeah, I know it's 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 supposed to be you know an outrageous concept, but I think you know having some something to to make it give it background and and solidity kind of kind of makes it a lot more interesting and, and entertaining for the reader.
1: For many of us, as a kid, thumbing through a comic book could transport us to other worlds, flying through the universe at the speed of light. Watching immortal enemies battling to the death. And some of us never grew out of it. Welcome to the Under the Mask podcast, where we discuss the super process behind superheroes. Not just superheroes, aliens, horror, thrillers. If you can find it on a comics page... You can find it here. Here, you'll learn how to make comics. From the initial outlines, scripts, and artwork, to printing and putting the final book in a bag and board. For many years, Bill colomb has written his book, Kinetic, and sold thousands of copies across the nation. And now we're inviting you along for an inside look to the comics process. If you're a fan of comic books, a total process junkie, or just looking for more insight into launching your own book, you're in the right place. This is the Under the Mask Podcast. And this is Bill Cologne.
2: Under the Mask Podcast, Episode 2. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Under the Mask Podcast. I'm Bill Cologne. Before I bring on my guest today, let me ask you this. When you were watching Jaws, were you secretly rooting for the shark? If so, this episode's gonna be right up your alley. My guest today is the creator of Shark of War. It's Jaws meets RoboCop with about 95% more shark shark of war just successfully funded on Kickstarter. And you can get a free copy of issue zero at bitingcomics.com. ladies and gentlemen, Ben Lacey, Ben, thanks for coming on, man. Oh, no problem. I'm always glad to talk about comic books and things like that. Uh, So you just successfully funded shark of war. Uh, can you take us back and uh, share a little bit about your story and how you got into this?
0: Well, I'd, I'd been trying to write, you know, prose fiction for for a long time, and and you know, I've written a couple of novels, and you know, I've only I've self published one of them, um, but I, you know, every now and then, I if I get a short story idea, I'll, I'll think about you know writing it down. And one idea I had a while back was the idea of a, a shark wearing a jetpack. And I didn't do anything with it. I just kind of stored it away in my head and said, yeah, that, might, that could be a funny story. You know, and that's all I kind of thought about it at the time. Uh, then I started getting involved with some of these computer art programs. And I had always wanted to make a comic book, but, you know, I didn't know how to draw. And, you know, i and my art skills were minimal and I didn't know any artists or anybody else to work with and I, but I started to see these programs were were pretty good. And I was like, I bet I could make a a, a comic book about it. And and I was like, what should I do? And the memory of the uh, the shark flying through the air kind of came back to me. And I, you know, this was about the time the Meg came out and it had made like you know a, a whole bunch of money at the box office and it didn't sound like it was that you know the greatest movie in the world and i'm like you know there there must be a lot of people who really love sharks maybe this is maybe this is the area i should I should consider for uh, for doing a, a comic book because i you know i, I don't want to be in the superhero space and compete with the, you know all that um, and i've never seen a you know many shark related comic books and certainly none where the shark is the, is the main character character and the hero, as opposed to the villain that people are trying to escape from. So that's kind of where, where I started working on on putting it together and, and, and going through doing the artwork myself and the writing myself.
2: Yeah. And it's uh, like you said, it's funny that uh, so many creators and myself included, uh, oftentimes we have that little idea, kind of rabbit hole that idea, write it down somewhere and then eventually end up coming back to it. It usually doesn't just blossom
0: overnight. Oh, yeah, yeah i've I've got superhero type ideas that I'd love to do, but you know they're kind of they've been they've been lying there for years. I don't know if I'll get to them or not.
2: I'd like you were saying about uh, you know, with the artwork because you do you're both the writer and the artist on that right. Uh, right. Uh, for Shark of War, can you tell me a little bit about the art process?
0: Yeah, uh, there's a program called Daz3D. It's a free program and you can get a lot of free models and stuff with it. And basically what it is, is is it's a computer modeling program. So you, you pull in the characters and then you put them in the positions you want them and you can render a picture. Um, So that's where I kind of start with, Um, you know, I I put in the models and I render the picture and then I take it into another program called Clip Studio Paint, which is kind of like Photoshop. Um, But, uh, you know, it used to be called Manga Studio and a lot of people who probably get it overseas would, would know it by that name. Yeah, it's the digital art program. So basically, I take what I rendered and I put it, pull it in there and I, I kind of flatten the colors because I don't want it to look too 3D. And then I, I reshade and, and add some lighting to it in Clip Studio to try and, and have it have more of a, a comic book effect. You know, I've seen pure digital comic books that are done, done using programs like Daz 3D or Poser or something like that. And, and I know that, you know, there's some people that don't really like that look. To, for a comic book. I mean, it, it's great for a video game, but sometimes it's off-putting in a, in a flat comic book. Um, so I, I'm basically trying to make a hybrid a, a little bit in terms of my art process between you know pure 3D computer-generated art and, and hand-drawn art.
2: You know, and that's one thing I noticed uh, looking back over Shark of War. You know, it looks 3D. You know, all the 3D right. elements were kind of there. But I also saw, I was like, man, there's like traditional line art uh, kind of around a lot of the outlines and a lot of that. So it was a very distinctive style.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to trying to make it, like I said, uh, you know, a little of a hybrid. You know, my, my skill level, you know, I couldn't draw. I don't know if I'll ever be good enough to, you know, be Jack Kirby type person. Draw, you know, a good hand-drawn image purely. But with the help of the computer program um i you know i'm able to tell my story and, and i think i'm able to, to, to get it across in a good way that that people can follow and, and enjoy and and won't be off-putting for people who aren't who are more traditional art fans
2: absolutely and i don't think uh, any of us will ever be as uh, good as uh, jack the king kirby <laughs> but we all try yeah i i definitely sympathize with you there i took three years of like online art classes Mm And I mean, I draw a couple steps up better than, you know, just stick figures, but not very much.
0: Yeah. Well, the, the nice thing about some of the things like Clip Studio too is is it has things that'll help you draw. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. because on, on on paper and pen, if I tried to draw a, a nice smooth curved line, it would not come out nice and smooth at all. I'm using Clip Studio Paint, I can draw. <laughs> I can successfully with the computer's help draw a good curved line.
2: Oh, yeah. and the best part about drawing digitally, if you mess up, you can just press Control yeah. Z and
0: yeah, yeah. You're yeah, back you can, to it again. Right, yeah. that I I'd hit that a lot. In fact, I have that as a, a speed button on my pad, it's, so it's uh, I, I don't I even have to do Control-Z. I just hit one button, and it goes back and undoes it.
2: Uh, so you said earlier you have some concepts for uh, some superhero stuff. Uh, we, I love doing superhero stuff. I have my own book, uh, Kinetic, and I mm-hmm. think that's yeah. what most people know me for. Don't give away too many spoilers. Do you have uh, kind of a sneak peek that we can listen to about, uh, hey, this is what maybe uh, the next Ben Lacey superhero story will sound like?
0: Well, this uh, Shark of War is probably gonna go f- five issues if I can complete the full arc of it, and you know, then I'll see whether I can go forward. Um, my my idea was, you know, I'm I'm my heritage, I'm I'm Jewish by birth, and it's my background. And my idea was something related to uh, Samson, um, a more modern day recreation of the character, set in World War II times. Is a result of, you know, what's happened in the, you know, the Holocaust. So that would be more of the uh, pitch for it. There's a lot of interesting takes you could do on that. Yeah, I, well, like the, you know, the, the idea is, you know, the, it's kind of odd that you know, nobody's done anything much with the, the character other than the, the name even, other than the character and uh, the sidekick character in the Hulk stories, um, Doc Sampson. You don't see much with that, and I'm, it's kind of surprising, actually.
2: I think yeah, a well-known, yeah. a well-known well character. Uh, character Samson popped up in uh, All Star Superman on uh, for DC. You don't yeah, see he him was too kind often. kind of a
0: throwaway against him. Him and Hercules was the yeah. other one. Which is another one you you kind of see you don't you don't see a huge amount of. But the, the Marvel Hercules character is I actually kind of like him, but you don't see him very often.
2: Yeah, no, you don't. Uh, well, let's sw- switch gears here. Uh, so you said you want to make this a five-issue mini series with Shark War.
0: Yeah, basically, if the, you know, well, i go longer if it did well, but the, the basic first arc trade paperback uh, graphic novel would, would encompass five issues um, taking us through, you know, this this issue, obviously you've read it, it ends on a cliffhanger, um, and, you know, the next several issues are, are involved in resolving, you know, that cliffhanger and his, you know, the shark's actual fate as a, you know, as a... It's a hybrid intelligent life form who's been uh, basically been been hijacked into uh, into service <laughs> and I'm somewhat working for the uh, the military. Yeah,
2: And I got to tell you, uh, you were saying, hey, that first issue ends off on the cliffhanger. And that, yeah, I was not expected at the very end uh, what happened. I was like, OK, I, I know where this is going now. That's. That's good. I'm I'm looking forward to issue two because of that.
0: Yeah, I've already started on trying to to draw some of it and get it get it going. Um, obviously, you know it's going to be slow, a bit of a slow process. It's not, not like I can do do what Marvel does and crank out a book every thirty days. But but I'm hoping to get issue two out in the next you know four or five months. Nice. Very cool.
2: So uh, because you do the writing and the art, do you tend to write the script first and then do the art or do you do the artwork kind of concurrently with the writing?
0: I've written the whole five-issue script. It's all written out, and I've even shared it with my my writing my local writing group. They've all they've read through the the script and given me some suggestions and things like that. Uh, the, the script writing, yeah, I do that long in advance, and then I I go back and I look at it as I go to uh, to figure out how I'm going to lay out the panels, which I do first in, a, in a, a program called Comic Life Three, which I just use for for setting up the panels and then i start you know actually drawing each panel doing each panel individually um a panel at a time and then put it all together and then i i i I use a letterer so i i originally i was trying to do the lettering myself and it just was clear that you know that i had to make a choice you know i I was going to take a lot more time if i was going to try and letter it myself as opposed to finding somebody who, who would you know do it professionally for me
2: yeah, you know, and as far as expenses go, for hiring artists, hiring colorists, hiring letterers, the letterer is one of the.
0: Uh, yeah, that was the, that's an affordableish. You know, the most affordable thing you can you can do is hire a letterer. And
2: yeah, they're help. they're affordable, and a good letterer is just going to take your whole series to the next level. Because uh, yeah. if you ever open a book and you see bad lettering. I mean it it'll, it'll stick out like a sore thumb.
0: Yeah, I was I was I you know you could read it but I I I my my tendency was to try and make the letters too big and and the balloons too small relative to the letters so the balloons were crowding into the lettering. Um Just because I I thought, oh, gee, I want to have the letters as big as possible and fill the balloon. (laughs) And and it's like, no, no, you can't do that. can't do that. (laughs) So Yeah,
2: no, it's it's definitely an art and an underappreciated art because the letterers, they're often the last person to get the script. They're the last person to get all the artwork. And a lot of times they say. Uh, the publisher or whoever, the writer who was ever passing it off to them says, hey, we need this done ASAP.
0: Yeah. And, th- and this in the book, actually, the lettering, you, you know, on this book, I thought was, a, you know, had had some complication to it because there's there's actually two characters that are, are are having a back and forth dialogue between the shark himself and and the the computer that's been implanted in his brain. And you, you want to make it clear who's talking when, because they're both on the you know, they're both together on, you know, in the same body and uh and so by having her letter the you know the shark's thoughts differently than the uh, the computer artificial intelligence you have an idea of who who is talking to whom at all times so it makes it a lot clearer for the reader
2: i thought you had a really uh a, an easy elegant solution for that was just have the uh the one dialogue balloon one color w- the other one another color
0: yeah yeah that worked out well i would originally done it a slightly different way and, and uh you know she kind of changed it up and made it made it look look more professional than i'd done it I was using like black, white lettering on black background and for the shark. And and I guess that's not not a preferred option. So she changed that up. Yeah,
2: it reminded me of uh, a little bit of Venom that, you know, they have the two personalities oh, yeah, talking
0: the, back the, and forth. This, yeah, there's a lot of that in there, though. They're, they're not they're they're in ta- they're not as antagonistic necessarily or as you know, it's more of a an odd couple relationship is kind of kind of the way I think of it.
2: Yeah, or uh, uh, what was the other one? Sometimes in Deadpool, how they say he has different thoughts that say different things.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, Deadpool is another one. I was actually thinking of uh, the one that I thought of was Firestorm, the DC character who has, like, he's a teenager with a professor in his head. I don't know how familiar you are with Firestorm. The body is the body of a teenage kid, and in his head he's been merged with this this professor, so they're talking back and forth in the in the the old firestorm comic books i guess he's been on i don't know if you watch any of the c w superhero shows, but yeah they they had he he was actually part of that if you're if you're a fan of any of the c w uh i i am a fan
2: i'm just a little i'm a little far behind as with so many things it seems that uh, you start you start watching a series i say all right i'm gonna get into the series then life pops up you got other stuff to do and that's next thing you know you're two seasons behind you say okay yeah
0: i was big into it at first and i kind of lost out on it after a while too but you know i i watched the early flashes where they they actually had the character it was kind of an interesting play on it
2: Listening to the Under the Mask podcast with Bill Colomb. All right. Well, Ben, doing Shark of War, uh, what mm-hmm. would you say was your biggest mistake? And if you could do it all over again, uh, how would you fix it?
0: Biggest mistake. I'm mean, going through it now that I have the book. Well, one thing going through it in the book, looking at the, some of the art, there's there's certain things I would I would do over again in terms of some of the art artwork I did. My biggest mistake, I think, was it uh, is the amount of time it took me. And also I've been working on this first issue now for almost a year, and I'd really like to get that down. You know, that's too much for for, per issue. You know, like I said, a five issue series, I don't want to be here five years from now until I finish up. So I was hoping to get that down. My first iteration of it, I, I went back and I basically wound up redoing like the first 10 pages. It just wasn't good enough and and i started to you know i i didn't have a good enough understanding of how things like shading and how the line line should work and and the coloring it took me a while to to realize how you know i couldn't even repeat things from scene to scene i i would do do something and then i would you know do a, a the next panel and it, it wasn't a consistent color to the to the image even So so I had to go back and and figure out all that stuff, which I had not learned before. So that was I don't know if that would would qualify as a mistake is more, you know, a a long learning curve to start up in terms of mistake. I guess one thing I wish I'd done more is is get into figuring out how to do that earlier was to start the Kickstarter process or a little earlier because I'd finished the book most of the book back for December you know so if I'd been more ready on the the Kickstarter side of it I could have launched earlier and been further along on that because I was basically frozen for like a month or two there with the Kickstarter stuff going on
2: yeah the books that you got back just today maybe you would have gotten back a few months ago if you had just had that little bit of preparation
0: Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't I, I didn't. Real, well, first off, my f- original process would have been, hey, maybe I can, you know, my hope had been, oh, I can, maybe I can get a publisher or go do it that route or something like that. And, and that had been my original thought. And and so I, I dawdled on on starting up with this and realizing this was the route that, that would work best for me.
2: Uh, just touching on that. It was a process of learning as you were doing this. It was, you know, learning how to shade, learning how to do some artwork, a nice thing going forward. You've already made those mistakes. You already know how to do it. Now it's in your wheelhouse.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I'm hoping I'm hoping A, A that it will be it'll be quicker and B that it'll it'll look better too. Um so so the next issue will hopefully you know be better. I'll I'll get it done in, you know, less time and it'll look better too. Um,
2: and and on top of that you said you had it written out like the first 5 oh, issues
0: or yeah. Yeah.
2: And that that's nice because now you can go in, you don't have to spend any time writing it, it's just go in. Right.
0: Yeah. And, and I, like I said, I'd reviewed it with my writing group too. So, so I've gotten feedback on it and, and, you know, I, I, I've made changes and a few adjustments based on that.
2: You know, and uh, one thing that you also said that really just hit home with me was you can go back and remake everything over and over again until it's perfect yeah Uh, but but eventually you have to get that product out there you have to get the book out right uh, right. i I still get some people who will every now and then i get uh comments about kinetic oh well you know issue one wasn't the most solid issue one wasn't the best that we've seen i said you know what you're absolutely right i could have gone back and kept redoing it and kept tooling around with everything or i Mm -hmm. could actually get out and sell it
0: yeah yeah there's a you know know, the comics launch course that you know tyler does you know the there's the 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 minimum viable product um portion of it where you're supposed to You know, where you'd like to make something that's this, but, you know, you really have to decide that you're really going to make something that's you know not quite that Um, because because money and time and everything else makes it not possible.
2: For my listeners out there, uh, Comics Launch is uh, run by Tyler James of Comics Tribe, and they are a uh, group of aspiring professionals uh, just trying to make our comics and uh, crowdfund them and get them out there. Uh, do and Shark of War, and when you were starting out, uh, what was the best advice that you received?
0: Probably, well, this isn't an artistic one. This is more of a business one. Again, again, from the comics launch side, was to work on building my, uh, you know, my email list and my follower group. From the comic book perspective of creating the comic book, I think the, what I mentioned before about is trying to understand better how light and shadows work is is important you know in trying to be an artist and not just a writer so I'm, now i'm constantly every time i'm watching you know tv or looking at another comic book i'm looking how is the shading done here and look at how the shadow falls on that person's face because when you look at a lot of the the effects in 2d art it's all a lot of it's all about how the, the shading and lighting is done And and that had never occurred to me until I started in On This.
2: I feel the same way sometimes as a writer, um, having read a lot of uh, script writing books and uh, just books about how plots, how to advance plot and everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was one comic that I was reading uh, quite recently. One of the main characters, a love interest is introduced about halfway through the second or the third issue. As soon as I saw that and as soon as I saw them kiss, I started thinking, I don't think she's going to make it to the end of the series. (laughs) And and sure enough, about uh, two issues later, that was the catalyst to make the one main character angry at the antagonist. I just like, it's ruined fiction for me in some
0: way. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's, uh, you know, it's such a common thread of all comic books is that your, uh, your, your main character is usually an an orphan whose parents were killed in some way that has traumatized them, uh, you know, (laughs) You just go down the list of, uh, you know, Batman, parents killed by criminals, uh, Spider-Man, uncle, uncle killed by neglect, Superman, parents killed in the destruction of his planet. Uh, you know, that's that's kind of the. That's standard for, for comic books is somebody has to get killed to motivate the hero, I guess. Yeah, almost an overarching theme for all of comics. I, I guess there's been a few where it's been the wife that's been killed. Let's see. It's or the love interest, like the Punisher. His family was killed. I'm trying to think who else. Spawn, maybe, or, or not. I think he, he, it was the opposite. He was the one who died and had to come back.
2: All right. Well, speaking about all this uh, carnage, just to lighten it up a little bit, and Shark of War, he's not adverse to uh, lethal means. Uh, what are some of the tools at his disposal?
0: Well, of course, he's got his teeth, um, you know, and his 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 great size and bulk alone. Um, he's been, you know, had uh, armor implanted underneath his skin, so making him, you know, bulletproof to smaller caliber firearms. <laughs> Uh, he amounted on to his his side jets are, are 30 cal guns so he can, you know, fire fire ammunition. When the story starts, of course, he's running out of ammunition and as as part of the uh, some of the issues he's having. And on his uh, fins, he has retractable blades that he can slice people with.
2: So not only a fearsome Malay fighter, uh, but also uh, he can get
0: you with those guns from a range. Right. Yeah. And, you know, trying to figure out, you know, some of the science of how to make all that work in a a way that's semi-plausible was was some of the fun doing the book. In fact, one of the extras in the digital version is is on the science of some of this. And, you know, I'll probably have a follow-up in issue two on more of it.
2: I was just going to segue into that because not only – I mean, everybody thinks, you know, hey, Shark of War – you know everybody thinks maybe the doctor evil you know sharks with laser beams on their head <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, uh, but <laughs> there's actual there was actual science you did you did actual research into the science behind this can you go into that a little bit more
0: yeah um i'm an engineer by by background and you know i've worked a lot of years in power engineering um, along, you know, back in the early 2000s when we were trying when fuel cells were a big thing, we were looking at you know turning gas into uh, hydrogen to run the fuel cells. So when I came up with the idea of shark of war, I knew I wanted the idea to be that you know when he ate an enemy, his body would convert that enemy into the fuel that was going to run his, his uh, jets. The idea is that that fuel gets broken down in, in, into oil in his liver, where you know the shark's liver is very large. and that oil is then reformed. Into uh, you know a high, higher octane, high quantity jet fuel that that basically he uses on his engines. You know, in the article, I kind of go through some of the details of it, but it's basically similar to you know how uh, how we refine do fuel refining today. Um, you can start with a you know a fuel like an oil, and you can break it down into uh, into a jet fuel. And there's some practical, you know, con- considerations that would make it very hard to do inside a shark's body, but, but it's, and it's all doable. Um, so it, it's not, you know, it's, I'm not inventing, uh, you know, something out of whole cloth here. Uh, you know, the, the science behind it and chemistry behind it mostly would work.
2: That's totally the opposite of me uh, because my character's named Kinetic. And a lot of times, doing conventions, right. I get people who come up and say, "Oh, you know, hey, I work for a school. Is this uh, kinetic energy? Does this have anything to do, you know, with physics?" And I said, "Well, no, don't <laughs> don't look, don't look too much into the science on that."
0: Yeah, I know it's 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 supposed to be a, you know an outrageous concept, but I think uh, you know having some something to to make it give it background and, and solidity kind of kind of makes it a lot more interesting and, and entertaining for the reader. Um, yeah, that's why I put that feature in the into the digital version. Um, if I ever get to a graphic novel point, I'd like to have it actually printed in the in the print version um, as well. So I think that that really adds some some fun for the 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 reader, you know, and and gives them uh you know gives them more of a an involvement in the story. And then, you know, the story isn't just supposed to be you know outrageous fun. It's supposed to have more meat to it than that.
2: I know that's one thing I noticed uh, reading that uh, issue one and uh, the story ends. And then all of a sudden it's thank you for the backers. And then it was kind of, hey, getting into the science of this. And I was like, man, I'm like, there was actually a lot of work put into it.
0: Oh, yeah. And and I also had an article on the artwork, too, in which we've discussed some, too, um, to give people, uh, you know, uh, hints about how the art is done, especially if anybody who's like me and is isn't. You know, naturally artistic or trained a trained artist wanted to try and do some of this stuff. People can do this if they if they want to, even if they don't have what I call artistic talent.
2: If you could pass on one bit of advice they to the next uh, generation coming up, you know somebody comes up to you and says, "Hey, what's your best advice? what would you what would you say?"
0: you've got to create stuff consistently and keep putting it out there um you know i've been writing off and on for you know 20 plus years and i think the the keyword there is off and on i would write something and then i'd go away from it for a year or you know and then i'd try again or, or i'd write something else and, you know i think that the the real thing you'd have to do if you're going to do this is you have to keep creating stuff consistently and know, don't get discouraged when the first thing doesn't hit or the second thing doesn't hit. Um, You just have to keep putting it out there. And uh, and, you know, eventually, you know, you'll hopefully build enough of a following that you can keep doing it all the time. But you'll never you'll never succeed if you just don't keep doing it um, again and again and again and again.
2: Hey, well, Ben. Uh, thank you so much for coming on.
0: Oh, no problem.
2: Uh, I wanted to uh, remind our listeners you can fu- get a free copy, a free digital copy of Shark of War at fightingcomics.com. Uh,
0: ben, where else can we find you in uh, cyberspace? Let's see. I'm on Twitter at that's BLACY1. That's B L A C Y 1. I'm on Facebook at facebook.com shark of war. I'm on Instagram at ben benlacy1, b e n l a c y 1, and right now I'm on Indiegogo. I used Indiegogo as my uh is basically my continuing sales page um and that would be sharkofwar.bitingcomics.com.
2: Yeah, so if you missed out on the Kickstarter, there is still a chance to get Shark of War sent to you. Uh just go yeah. check out Ben's Indiegogo campaign. And I think that's a great way to set it up, uh, you know, have the yeah. Kickstarter go through and then you can set up your online shop with Indiegogo.
0: Yeah, I did. I figured that, you know, I, you know, eventually I would like to make, you know, a, a, my own store sales page. But when you only when you're doing one issue that didn't seem to make a lot of sense and, you know, Indiegogo basically gives you the setup and, you know, they have their own audience, too. So hopefully that'll that'll help get some people to see it that wouldn't have otherwise seen it.
2: Hey, well, Ben, thank you so much
0: for coming on and chatting with me. Oh, no problem. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you taking the time.
1: You've been listening to the Under the Mask podcast with Bill Colomb. Welcome to the family. If you're a fan of comic books, a total process junkie, or just looking for more insight into launching your own book, you found the right podcast for you. Thanks for listening, and make sure to like or leave a review. And we'd appreciate it if you'd tell a friend or two. To reach out, visit us at underthemaskpodcast.com. This has been a presentation of Why Comics. Till next time, this is the Under the Mask Podcast. Signing off.